Below the Yellow Line studio, it's the Below the Yellow Line podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Below the Yellow Line podcast. This is episode number, what, 70, 73? 375, I think. Not quite, not quite. Not quite? Not quite. We'll get there one day. We will indeed get there one day. Episode number 73. 373? It is. We are two away from uh, meeting NASCAR's anniversary number, which that'll be our Wednesday episode. Um, a lot happened yesterday at Pocono, Emily. I know you didn't really get to see it, but Denny Hamlin and Kyle I Larson. I I am going to watch because my man Denny. Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson, uh, as they were at Kansas, involved in some, well, really it was Denny doing all the controversy, um, kind of putting Kyle Larson in the wall, not flat out wrecking him, but definitely moving him up the track, putting, putting him in the fence, and riding off into the sunset for his 50th career victory and his 7th win at Pocono, which is the all-time uh, mark to beat at Pocono. Seven wins. For Denny Hamlin at Pocono 50 in his career. So I know you weren't able to get to see it, Emily, but uh, what do you think this win does for Denny? Win number two on the year. Unfortunate that it was controversial. He had a lot to say on it, as I did and a lot of other people did, but what do you think this win means to Denny? I mean, it's huge for him at this point in the season because he, he just has not had an excellent season, and this, I feel like, puts him... While he was already in the runnings for the playoffs, it puts him in a better position going into the playoffs. Um, and kind of, you know, he, he kind of wasn't a championship contender. And maybe he still isn't, but he's closer to it than he was. Yeah, he is. Gained some more playoff points. Uh, important for a guy like him who hasn't won tennis stages, only won one race no. this year. <laughs> so uh, a big win for DH. Um I don't know what it is with him, but ever since, like, last season when Ross kept wrecking him almost every single week and then Denny put Ross in the wall at Pocono, it seems like Denny has just driven a lot more aggressively, which he was already one of those guys that, you know, you kind of know isn't going to cut you much slack, if any. Uh, he showed that with Larson at Kansas, and he showed that again with Larson uh, yesterday at Pocono. And Kyle Larson was not at all happy. Uh, he was probably the maddest that I've ever seen him. Um, and, and Kyle Larson necessarily hasn't had a ton of chances to just be really angry, uh, at least since I've been watching. But yesterday, he, he was, pretty clearly. I'm not going to say everything he said in his post-race interviews, but he was very, very frustrated. Denny Hamlin, ah, God bless him. I don't know what he saw. Smash or, and crash, baby. Smash and crash. Yeah, try telling that to Kyle Larson. <laughs> Um, I, I still like to say I haven't even watched it yet, um, so I don't have much perspective on what he should have done. But um, yeah, I know Denny can sometimes make some moves that he shouldn't. Yeah, and it's not necessarily that the move was just insanely dirty or anything. It was just aggressive. It made it overly aggressive, honestly. I mean, if he doesn't do that, they come out side by side. We get a nice, clean race for the win. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. Um, yeah, Denny still maintains, and he said this on his podcast again today, uh, that he did not touch Kyle Larson, that Larson kind of did it to himself. And Denny, I mean, you're a great – I mean, he, he Denny Hamlin's a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the smartest guys out there, great guy off the track, great race car driver. He and Kyle Larson are best friends. Um, 
But this is a situation where he needs to swallow his ego and shut up, <laughs> honestly. And that might sound harsh, but he's just... At some... You know, Kyle Petty said this on the post-race show, and I, I'm going to paraphrase here because I kind of forget the quote, but, you know, the types of people that when nothing is their fault, you know, they just they don't feel remorse. And that's, you know... This is using this in only a race car driver since not Denny Hamlin, per, not Denny Hamlin's personal life, but uh, that's kind of what it feels like. Yesterday's move, kind of made it, he he literally he didn't say anything, didn't apologize to anybody in the post race comments or anything like that. And it's just kind of one of those moments where like, dude, you're a great driver, but just shut up on this when you're wrong. I mean, he clearly had contact with Larson, clearly put him in the wall, and Kyle Larson had every right to be upset. Now, you know. I've already said it. Denny's a great driver. He hasn't had to wreck people to win every race of his career, but this year he has put some guys in tough positions for sure. I, I think you can definitely uh, definitely mm -hmm. say that for sure. He has been Kyle Ledgeman, Kyle Larson, you know, both times. Larson said that, you know, he's had always, or, or Denny's always had to be the one that's had to reach out and apologize. Never Larson, because Larson doesn't really do that to Denny or really anybody, honestly. Oh, Larson's a pretty stand-up guy. He is. However, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson weren't the only two drivers in the field in yesterday's HighPoint.com 400. There were, you know, 35 other guys out there, so let's talk about them. Tyler Reddick brings home a solid second-place finish. Martin Truex Jr. Emily in third. He's the hottest driver on the circuit right now, looking like he's in championship form, and we're going to another good track for him in Richmond next. Uh, what do you think this, this summer... I guess renaissance for MTJ is men. I mean, three wins uh, in, in, you know, I think a 12, 13 race stretch. He's on fire right now. He's in fuego, as they say. So what do you think this does for MTJ and, and kind of getting himself back in a championship mindset? I mean, the, the guy is having a fantastic season. Um, and really, you know... I could, I could, unfortunately for me, <laughs> see him as a champion. What a bummer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, having a great year. Not, not for him. Having a great year. Having Kevin Harvick in a... Uh, every, what every driver wants, truly, though. A great year, yeah. Yeah, everybody they, they wishes they could have a... Everyone's like, oh, we got to watch our back. Exactly. Every week, one of the favorites. Kevin Harvick, a solid fourth. Ty Gibbs, mm -hmm. almost yes, a year. Yeah. I want someone to pick me for every race. Exactly. Everybody wishes they could have that. Uh, Ty yes. Gibbs, almost a year to the day that he made his first cup start, gets his best career cup finish, his first career top five and fifth. And don't look now, but that 54 car was pretty good at Richmond in the spring. Sneaky, sneaky underdog playoff contender. I believe he's around like 28 points out right now. So uh, the playoff bubble did change a lot after Pocono. Christopher Bell in sixth. He accidentally spun Kyle Larson earlier in the race in that you know, point in stage one where they couldn't get through turn one three times in a row. He then later spun himself and uh, still ends up with a top ten. Ricky Stenhouse, another really solid race in seventh position. Harrison Burton in eighth, his first top ten since Darlington. Eric Jones in ninth, seven Pocono top tens for Eric Jones, which is a really odd stat. Chase Elliott in tenth, Emily, 
a solid week. He gained four or five points on the cut line, but now he is at a point mathematically where he has to gain 11 points a week. It's looking like a win is going to be his most likely way to get into the postseason. Um, and do you think he can do it? And, and what do you think this kind of lackluster run at Pocono, a race he won last year, uh, maybe says for, for the future of his season? Only five races left in the regular season. Um, sorry, some of that was broken up. So, Trace Elliott, um, listen, I'm starting to lose hope. I know I've been losing hope, but <laughs> hope, it's, it's about gone. Are you thinking he's in a must-win at this point? I believe he's 56 back with five races left. I mean, do you think he could still point his way in, or do you think it's going to take a win? I mean, yeah, it's probably going to take a win, and honestly, I think that's his best hope. I don't think he's going to point. Like, I don't think he's going to get that average of the points that he needs to have in order to to make it on point. So I think a win is a win is his best hope. He may just have one good race that gets him in. Yeah, that's all it takes in this modern-day playoff format, that one week where you can put it all together, mistake-free race, and, and you're in. Uh, I said on the uh, the preview show this week, or maybe it was last week, I can't remember. It might have been last week before New Hampshire, but uh, no, it was Friday. I don't think Chase Elliott will make the playoffs this year. I'm not seeing that race-winning speed, and I know they can win anywhere. I'm not seeing the race-winning speed. They really don't have any hope anymore for pointing their way in. I'm a little worried about Chase Elliott. Bubba Wallace in 11th, and it's solid. He gains, I think he is now plus 28 on the cut line. Coming into this race, he was only plus 2. So a big gain for Bubba this weekend. But he was in the top 5, and then his pit crew had two bad stops in a row, and it kind of set him back. Eric Almarola, 12th. Ross Chastain, 13th. Trackhouse with two weeks in a row where they show no speed. Slightly worrying. William Byron, Emily, he wasn't your pick this week. We actually both picked correctly with Denny. Uh, but he has been your he was your pick for two weeks in a row there. He ends yeah. up 14th. He led 60 laps. He looked like the car to beat until late. The strategy didn't really go his way. But, uh, you know, 14th for him. Disappointing, but that 24 car is still showing that he's going to be competitive week in and week out. You have Todd, Todd What's-His-Face yeah. in 15th. Another solid run for, for, for another solid run for Todd oh, Gilland. Brad Keselowski in 16th. AJ Allmendinger 17th. Now with Daniel Suarez wrecking out, Allmendinger is now the first man out of the playoffs. Minus 17 to Michael McDowell. Chris Buescher in 18th. McDowell himself is in 19th. Kyle Larson 20th. You know, obviously a product of that wreck. Kyle Busch in 21st. Two weeks in a row where he's made just some kind of uncharacteristic mistakes and. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, Noah Gregson in 22nd. That feels like a win for that team because everything that could go wrong this year has gone wrong. He's still last in the points, barely behind Ty Dillon because Ty got stage points today because of strategy, not speed. Let me mention that. But uh, Noah Gregson, uh, a decent day, all things considered. Austin Sindrick, 23rd, fast and qualifying, not in the race. Alex Bowman, 24th, was running third until he got loose in turn three. Um, I saw some people blaming Denny for this one. It wasn't his fault. Denny was behind him. He maybe made him a little loose, uh, but but not his fault. Bowman just went around, had a chance to have a really solid point stay, and now like Elliott, I'm beginning to think he's definitely in a must-win. Cole Custer, 25th. J.J. Yaley, 26th. Corey LaJoy, 27th. Corey impressed in practice but had an issue early in the race. Ty Dillon, 28th. Chase Briscoe, 29th. Ty Dillon just kind of junked Briscoe late. I, I don't know what that was all about, but he just kind of dumped him. So that was odd. Ryan Blaney in 30th. Had a top 10 run going until I 
think he just went down cylinder or something. Uh, Ryan Priest in 31st. He spun on with two to go. NASCAR didn't throw the caution, then they threw it on the last lap, ending the race. It ended under caution, but another... Bad day for Ryan Priest. BJ McLeod, 32nd. Justin Haley, 33rd. He wrecked out hard right after the Hamlin-Larson deal. Austin Dillon, 34th. Now, he wrecked himself. Emily, I don't know if you saw this or not, but he threw his helmet at Tyler Reddick. Oh, okay, well, he threw his helmet at Tyler Reddick because he thought Reddick uh, wrecked him. He did not wreck him. Uh, Dillon came down on Reddick, and, and Dillon was not very happy about that. So he threw his helmet. Pretty good throw, but he completely missed Tyler Reddick's car. Uh, Joey Logano, 35th, he spun out after he won stage one, spun out on a restart when he was in around 20th place because of pitch strategy, and I heard a video today of him is in car. He's had a rough time lately. He really has. He, I mean, had a few decent weeks, but that 22 team's just kind of been behind the eight ball all season, but I heard a video of him, uh, his in-car camera, when he was trying to tell the uh, the, the people, because all four tires are flat, he couldn't make it back around. They were going to have to push him or tow him back to pit road, and I heard him yelling at the... Poor, poor safety team, poor tow truck people. They were getting chewed out. And uh -oh. Joey Logano is just always such like a happy, go lucky, laughing, giggling kind of guy. I've never heard him curse that much and that angrily. He was not happy with the safety team. Uh, and it ends up in a 35th place finish. Daniel Suarez, probably the What'd biggest. They, do? they just, they, they pushed him back and they destroyed the car, kind of inadvertently. And, and he was trying to get them to not well, do I that. Mean, I'd be mad too. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Suarez, aside from Kyle Larson, probably the biggest loser on the day, came in just one point out of the postseason to Michael McDowell and leaves, I think, like 28 points out of the postseason to Michael McDowell. Uh, got wrecked. McDowell and Bubba, uh, ironically, the guys that he's racing for the last playoff spot, were kind of getting pinballed. That was the same uh, incident as Logano's spin, and Suarez goes hard into the outside wall. Thankfully, he was okay, uh, but his playoff hopes not dashed. Uh, this was kind of his one mulligan, I guess, but he's going to have to really be on it. Uh, the next few weeks. Looking at the standings, Martin Truex improves his regular season point lead to now 30 points over William Byron. This also makes Denny Hamlin the, what, one, two, three, four, fifth uh, multi-time uh, winner on the season. He has two wins along with Kyle Larson. Kyle Busch with three, Martin Truex with three, William Byron leads the league with four. Um, Chastain, Bell, Blaney, Logano, Reddick, Stenhouse all have one. First man in on points, Kevin Harvick, plus 163, basically a lock, as are Brad Keselowski and Chris Buescher, plus 122 and 111, respectively. Bubba Wallace, plus 27. As a Bubba fan, I'm feeling really good about his positioning right now. Uh, Michael McDowell, plus 17. Now, not great. Obviously, one wreck like Suarez can completely take you out, but... Hopefully that doesn't happen. AJ Allmendinger is the first man out, minus 17. Daniel Suarez now minus 23. Ty Gibbs only minus 28. And then you get to Bowman, Elliott, Cindric, and the rest where I think you got to win. Bowman minus 46. Elliott minus 56. Cindric minus 60. Haley minus 62. Gillen minus 97. Almorola on down are all in the triple digits. I'm not even going to mention their point totals. They can mathematically point their way in, but it's very unlikely. So, Emily, what do you think about the playoff bubble coming away from this race? Bubba and McDowell, they're they're better off. They're not anywhere close to being locked in, obviously. But now Almendinger, the lat, the first man out. Road course is coming up. Daniel Suarez takes a big blow. What do you think about the playoff bubble? Darn it, we lost her because of this crappy internet. I apologize. We will get Emily back in just a second. 
and uh, hopefully uh, hear her opinion in just a second on the NASCAR Cup Series point standings. Okay, so because of my lovely internet, Emily uh, did not hear the actual playoff bubble, so I'll go over it again. Uh, Bubba Wallace plus 27, Michael McDowell plus 17, McDowell's the last man in. AJ Allmendinger with Suarez's misfortune is now the first man out, minus 17, Daniel Suarez minus 23, you have Ty Gibbs minus 28, Alex Bowman minus 46, Elliott minus 56, and everybody down has to win probably. So Cindric Haley all the way down to Noah Gregson in a must-win situation. Emily, what do you think about the playoff bubble? Bubba and McDowell, they gained some ground. They're still not feeling comfortable, not at all. And Almendinger, Suarez, and Gibbs now looking to make a push with five regular season races remaining. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been saying it for weeks, but it is time to make moves. If you're not winning now, if you're not gaining these points, you're probably not going to. And so I really feel like all these guys, it's like, who is going to get to the, um, get above the cut line? Who's going to make the playoffs? I don't know. And to be quite honest, I'm not sure if any of these guys, if they make it above the cut line, they're not going to, they're not going to make it in the playoffs. They're, they're really just hanging on by a string right now. <laughs> don't think they're going to make it far. Can't say I disagree. I mean, even as a Bubba fan, I know Kansas is in round one, which that's where he won last year, but I don't see McDowell getting that far. Um, or really any of these other guys. Okay, so you heard Emily's thoughts on that. She does not think any of these guys are going to go real far, and, and as I was saying, uh, I don't disagree with you, Emily. I mean, Busher and Kislowski, I think they can go further. They've shown better speed. Bubba, I'm not too confident in, just because he hasn't been under that type of pressure before, and and if McDowell gets in, I don't trust front row. If Suarez gets in, I'm not sure I trust him. If Allmendinger gets in, I'm not sure I trust him either. So I think it is interesting how much we, we analyze and maybe tend to overanalyze like the, the bubble fight each year for like the 15th, 16th spot. And this is what people complain about with the expanded playoff is that, you know, how many of these guys are really deserving of a playoff spot? You know, how many of these guys really... Uh, have a chance at the actual championship. Um, yeah. Owner standings-wise, this only matters for the 9 and the 48 car. The 9, back to 14th. The 48, now back to 17th. Manufacturer standing, still the Bowtie Brigade. Leading the way, Chevrolet uh, over Toyota by 57. And they're over Ford by 82. Oh, man. I was hoping to get a reaction. My dad drives a Ford for some reason. Hoping to get a reaction at a Found on road dead being in last place. But uh, Chevy, uh, 12 wins, Toyota 7, and Ford with just two. I believe that'll just about do it. Uh, Emily, final thoughts on this weekend's race at Pocono? I mean, you got to be happy Denny got the win, right? I mean, even if it was slightly controversial. I am really excited to go back and watch this race. I cannot wait, sounds like. I'm gonna be happy with the ending. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun time. It was a pretty good race. It was a packed crowd too. I saw somebody put out a comparison of like Pocono in 2018 versus Pocono yesterday. There had to be at least a hundred thousand people on the facility. That place was jam packed. There were people saying that it was green flag and they were still stuck in a traffic log jam trying to get into the racetrack. So that makes me very happy. Got about a minute left here. So Emily, I'm going to, you know, tell you and feel free to chime in here too. I've been, you know, promoting it all today, all yesterday. Uh, but if you've missed it on the community tab on the, you know, I put out a short video about it earlier. I put it out on a little podcast bonus nugget. Um, 
On YouTube Shorts, tomorrow we will have NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Ryan Ellis joining us on the show. Uh, hopefully it'll be out tomorrow. If not, it'll be out Wednesday, but at, that's at the latest. Um, but hopefully it'll be out uh, sorry, Tuesday. And uh, go follow Ryan on all his social medias as well. Instagram, at Ryan Ellis Racing. Twitter, at Ryan Ellis Racing. Facebook, Ryan Ellis. Look for the one with the blue check mark. Um, and the race car driver profile picture, but look out, he's going to be posting, uh, he's going to be sharing the link to it, going to be sharing maybe some clips from it and uh, promoting it uh, over there on all his socials. So thank you to Ryan for uh, coming on the show. Emily, final thoughts on Pocono and uh, the interview tomorrow too. I mean, a tricky triangle pulled some tricks. It did pull some tricks. Interview, I, this is this is it. We, have, we are so excited to have NASCAR driver, Honor podcast. Cannot wait. It's going to be incredible. As Emily was saying just now, we are very excited to have Ryan on the show. Very grateful to him to be joining us. And hopefully we can get another interview or two out for you. I've been I've been contacting some teams, contacting some PR agents, talking with him on the old telephone. So hopefully we can get some, of the, uh, some more of that stuff out. So that episode will be tomorrow, Wednesday show. Emily and I will be back to do a short recap Pocono, a little Richmond preview. We go back to uh, the action track. And also touch on any news that has come out. And uh, Friday will be the preview show for Richmond. Emily and I will actually be in person this weekend. Be able to uh, maybe watch a little bit of the race together. Maybe bring you some content in person. That's all we got, though. Emily, thank you for coming on the show. If you're on the YouTube side, like, subscribe, comment, share. If you're on the podcast side, rate, review. And, and like I said, go follow Ryan Ellis on all his social media pages. And be looking out for, uh, for our interview tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow, everybody. I'm Samuel Stubbs from the Spotter Stand and the Below the Yellow Line podcast. That is my co-host, Emily. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good one.